Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Bible 2021 podcast, episode number 16. We are reading Mark chapter 12 today, and our focus is on which side is Jesus on and what he said was the most important command. And I was almost going to go clickbaity and say something like, was Jesus a Democrat or Republican? But yeah, I don't want to do that. Thank you for joining us for Bible 2021. We are a daily 10-ish minutes podcast where we dig into the truth of the Word of God by reading one Bible chapter a day. Welcome to new listeners in London, England, Ontario, Canada, West Bengal, India, Monterey, Salinas, California, Los Angeles, California, and Meridian, Mississippi. Thank you all for listening. Our focus is on daily ingestion of the Word of God. Hearing the Word, thinking about the Word, asking questions of the Word. I do want to invite you to check out our website, Bible2021.com, and to share us with a friend, either by word of mouth or on social media. And hey, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us reach other people and all of that kind of good stuff. So lots to cover today in just 10 minutes, so we'd better go ahead and dive in. First, allow me to court a little bit of controversy. During Jesus' day, there were political and theological factions in Israel in a similar but not exact manner as today. The more conservative group or party were the Pharisees, who tended to stick closer to the facts and teachings of the Bible. The Sadducees, on the other hand, were more liberal in many ways and more sophisticated in a worldly sense. The Sadducees seemed to take many of the stories of Scripture as allegorical, and they did not believe in some of the more supernatural elements of the Old Testament, like angels, spirits, and the resurrection. We learn this in Acts 23.8, which says, For the Sadducees say there is no resurrection, and neither angel nor spirit, but the Pharisees affirm them all. Now, am I saying that the Pharisees were like the Republican Party in the United States of America and the Sadducees were like the Democratic Party in the United States of America or fill in your conservative versus liberal party wherever you are? No, I'm not doing that. There is very clearly not a one-to-one comparison there in a variety of ways. But I do note that both the conservative religious leaders and the liberal religious slash government leaders of Jesus' day were by and large very, very opposed to him. And ultimately, both parties worked to bring about his crucifixion. Now, what can we learn about this today in our modern political context? Well, maybe we can learn some humility. Maybe we can learn to not assume that Jesus is particularly favorable to one party or one position. Whose side is God on? Whose side is Jesus on? Who would Jesus vote for? You know, I find Joshua chapter 5 quite instructive here. Joshua 5, 13 and 14, the situation here is Joshua, a mighty man of God, is about to lead the Israelites into uh, the conquest of the promised land against a pagan nation that did not know God. Our assumption would be God would be on their side, but we have a surprise. Verse 13 says, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. Neither. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. So whose side is God on? I would say the answer is still neither. And the really important question for us is more along the lines of, 
are we on God's side? Of more importance than that discussion, and I think I'm justified in saying that, considering the ranking that Jesus gives the topic, is the greatest and most important commandment. So let's read our passage and find out what Jesus answers when he's asked what is the most important commandment. Mark chapter 12, verse 1, Jesus began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug out a pit for a wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenant farmers and went away. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the farmers to collect some of the fruit of the vineyard from them. But they took him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent another servant to them, and they hit him on the head and treated him shamefully. Then he sent another, and they killed that one. He also sent many others. Some they beat, and others they killed. He still had one to send, a beloved son. And finally, he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenant farmers said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they seized him, killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill the farmers and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you read this scripture? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came about from the Lord and is wonderful in our eyes. They were looking for a way to arrest him, but feared the crowd because they knew he had spoken that parable against them, so they left him and went away. Then they sent some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to Jesus to trap him in his words. When they came, they said to him, Teacher, we know you are truthful and don't care what anyone thinks, nor do you show partiality, but teach the word of God truthfully. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius to look at. And they brought a coin. Whose image and inscription is this? He asked them. Caesar's, they replied. Jesus told them, Give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were utterly amazed at him. Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and questioned him. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife behind, but no child, that man should take the wife and raise up offspring for his brother. There were seven brothers. The first married a woman and dying, left no offspring. The second also took her, and he died, leaving no offspring. And the third, likewise, none of the seven left the offspring. Last of all, the woman died too. In the resurrection, when they rise, whose wife will she be, since the seven had married her? Jesus spoke to them, Isn't this the reason why you are mistaken? You don't know the scriptures or the power of God. For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the dead being raised, haven't you read in the book of Moses in the passage about the burning bush how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. One of the scribes approached, and when he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, Which command is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have correctly said that he is one, and there is no one else except him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God, and no one dared to question him any longer. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he asked, How can the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? 
David himself says by the Holy Spirit, the Lord declared to my Lord, sit at my right hand and I till I put your enemies under your feet. David calls him Lord. How then can he be a son? And the large crowd was listening to him with delight. He also said in his teaching, Beware of the scribes who want to go around in long robes and who want greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the place of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and say long prayers just for show. These will receive harsher judgment. Sitting across from the temple treasury, he watched how the crowd dropped money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums. Then a poor widow came and dropped in a tiny, two tiny coins worth very little. Summoning his disciples, he said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others, for they all gave out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So when Jesus tells us that something is the most important, we should listen. And I don't believe this teaching of Jesus receives quite as much attention as it should. The most important commandment, says Jesus, is listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these, Jesus says in Mark 12, 29 through 31. That is worth us considering and pondering. The very course of our life should be focused on loving God wholeheartedly and loving our neighbor as ourself in that order. So let's close with some brief wisdom from Pastor John Piper on the first and greatest command. Piper says, without doubt, for human beings, the affection of love is well-placed and successful when we place our love in God. For this is the first and greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart. So the most excellent soul is the soul that loves God the most. And to the degree that such love is openly manifest, to that degree is the loving soul revealed in its worth and beauty. Amen to that. Well, let's close out the show as we always do with our Bible memory verse for the month of January. Mark chapter 1 verse 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. One more time. Mark 1 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Well, friends, thank you for listening today. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his great grace on you and give you peace in your heart. May he protect you during this trying and scary time. Good day to you and Godspeed.